Today is the 6th of January 2020. Welcome to Walking the Way. My name is Ray. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening in as we continue to pray together, read scripture together, just ponder the word of God together as we have a regular rhythm of worship together. Don't forget you can download the script from the show notes. There is a link there. If you click it, it'll take you to OneDrive. You can download it. We are trying to raise some money to upgrade our equipment. Um, and we're using a website called Give, Send, Go, which is a Christian giving site. The link for the donations, if you'd like to donate towards Walking the Way, is on the show notes as well. And for any information about me or the podcast, head to rayborrett.co.uk. All the information is there. If you're joining us for the first time, let me explain that each episode follows a really simple pattern. It's easy to pick up as we go along. It's a mixture of scripture, prayer, and music. And speaking of scripture, this year we're focusing on the New Testament. But we always start each episode of Walking the Way with our opening prayer. So let's pray, shall we? Gentle Shepherd, King of Love, We come to you as we are, not as we pretend to be. The truth is, God, that when we lift our heads above our paths, we all too often discover ourselves lost in a maze of choices. We confess from the very beginning of time that we are lost. Were it not for you, O great seeker of our souls, patient parent to our childhood, joyful host to our homecoming, were it not for you, O Lord, we would have been lost forever. And because of you, there is room for us at the great love feast. Gentle Shepherd, King of Love, seek and find us as we are, not as we pretend. Be patient with us. Teach us how to wait. Lord, may the echoes of your celebration reverberate in our midst in this time now, transforming our prayers from a mournful plea to a joyful song. Gentle Shepherd, King of Love, lead us on. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-5 Love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love flaunts not itself and is not puffed up, does not behave itself improperly, seeks not its own, is not evilly provoked, thinks no evil. Some time ago I watched a TED talk by a young gentleman called Dylan Moran. He was talking about the abuse he gets online. The way Dylan deals with those who abuse him is to actually have a conversation with him. He'll phone them up and have a conversation with them. But it was one line that stood out for me out of that entire TED talk. Empathy is not endorsement. Empathy is not endorsement. Being able to see the God-given humanity in someone with whom you disagree is a real challenge for all of us. And we as Christians are actually no different. Think back on all the things that we disagree on. Whether it's major issues such as women in ministry or minor issues such as the person who's now sitting in my chair at church. So often we make it personal and we stop hearing the other person. We approach the conflict as if the other person has no feelings or even worse has become some kind of oxygen thief. Paul is actually really quick to tell us that if we truly love people, 
then we are to take the opposite position. Loving someone puts them first. What does Paul write? Love is patient, kind, never arrogant, conceited or rude. Love puts people first. But like Dylan Moran said, empathy is not endorsement. I can love you, disagree with you, and still treat you like the person you are in Christ. So much of our modern culture now is about shutting down conversation with those we don't agree with. Our politics, our speech, everything has become angry. It's become my position. But all that does is it further divides us. So we put up walls. We barricade ourselves in our little f philosophical positions. We put our fingers in the ear and go, la, 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 la. It takes courage and strength to step out of our positions and to speak to those that we disagree with. And I think one of the reasons we don't is because we are scared that we find that they may just be just like us. And it's actually really hard to disagree with someone when we see them as a child of God. We're going to have our first piece of music just to give us some time to center our thoughts on God. And then we're going to get into our Bible readings for today. And in today's readings, we read about the death of Jesus. We'll see you on the other side.
Let's ask God to speak to us through the scriptures, shall we? Lord, we ask that you would prepare our hearts as we read scripture today. Open our hearts and minds to the mysteries and truths that are hidden within its pages, that we may discover a clarity of understanding within your word that has been hidden from us previously. We ask this in the name of him who died for us. Amen. Our Bible readings this week are taken from the modern English version, and today we're reading Matthew 27. When the morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. When they had bound him, they led him away and handed him over to Pontius Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that he was condemned, he repented and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed innocent blood. But they said, What is it to us? You must see to that. So he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed, and he went and hanged himself. The chief priests took the silver pieces and said, It's not lawful to put them into the treasury, because this is the price of blood. So they took counsel, and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took thirty pieces of silver, the value of that the sons of Israel set on him, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, You have said so. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. And Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he never answered him a word, so the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the people a prisoner whom they chose. They had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over out of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much today in a dream on account of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and kill Jesus. The governor answered, Which of these two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. The governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail, but rather that unrest was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this righteous man. See to it yourselves. Then all the people answered, His blood be on us and all our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But when he scourged Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole detachment of soldiers before him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they wove a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a staff in his right hand. They knelt before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spit on him, and took the staff and hit him on the head. After they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own garments on him, and led him away to crucify him.
As they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. This man they compelled to bear his cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, they gave him sour wine, mingled with gall to drink, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. When they crucified him, they divided his garments by casting lots to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And sitting down, they kept watched over him there. They put his accusations over his head, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two thieves were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. Those who passed by insulted him, wagging their heads, saying, You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests with the scribes and the elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. Even the thieves who were crucified with him insulted him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there heard it and said, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran, took a sponge, filled it with wine, and put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink. The rest said, Leave him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus, when he had cried out again with a loud voice, released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom, and the ground shook and the rocks split apart. The graves also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had died were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those with him kept keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they feared greatly and said, Truly, he was the Son of God. Many women who were there watching from afar followed Jesus from Galilee, serving him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. When the evening came, there was a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb which he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a large stone to the door of the tomb and departed. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, following the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that deceiver saying that while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and tell the people, He has risen from the dead. The last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a God, go your way. Make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and posting the guard. 
We're going to have some music just to give us some time to think about the bits of scripture that have caught our attention. And after music, we're going to say our prayers for today. Before we pray, just a reminder that if you would like us to pray for you, then drop us a line through the usual channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, our new voicemail service, all the details on the show notes. If you click the links in the show notes, they'll take you to wherever we need to go. We would love to pray for you today. But let's pray, shall we? We thank you, God, that you know what it is to be human, fragile and vulnerable searching for ways to stay alive in dangerous and complicated times. We thank you that you know the struggles and temptations of living in darkness. And we thank you that you give light to the world. Father, we confess that sometimes it's easier to stay in the shadows, where things can stay hidden, where people can't see our cracks and flaws. So today, Lord, cast your light on our darkness and forgive us, God of love. We confess that we have at times brought darkness into the world by our anger, our selfishness, and our violence. Lord, cast your light on our darkness, and forgive us, God of love. We confess that we are sceptical of light, and find it easier to trust its absence. So, Lord, cast your light on our darkness, and forgive us, God of love. And in the silence, bring the confessions that are on your heart and mind into the light of God's love. We know that faith in God restores and renews, and that our sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen.
we say together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us, now and forevermore. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.